0: Why are depressive symptoms poorly recognized and undertreated in African-American women? Find out about this and more in today's PV Roundup podcast. What made you wanna choose a career in medicine? Tell us your story. We're collecting stories from the healthcare professionals in our audience about why they chose to pursue a career in medicine. Send us an audio recording of up to four minutes about your journey into medicine. Please include your name, degree, specialty, practice setting, and location. You can also submit a text version of your story to be read on the show. Email us your story at editorial at pbroundup.com for the chance to be featured on a future episode. I'm your host, Senior VP Medical Director, Dr. Tim Wright, coming to you once again from the Pioneer Valley in Western Massachusetts. Here are today's stories variation in depressive symptoms among African-American women could translate to underdiagnosis and missed care, this from the Journal of Nursing Research. A cross-sectional retrospective analysis of 227 black women found that moderate depressive symptoms were characterized by somatic symptoms and self-critical symptoms rather than the stereotypical depressive symptoms of hopelessness or depressed mood. In addition, higher stress overload scores were significantly associated with depressive symptoms that standard screening tools may not capture. Next, we learned that hearing aids are linked to lower risk of cognitive decline. This from JAMA Neurology. The use of hearing aids and cochlear implants significantly reduces the risk of cognitive decline in people with hearing loss, suggesting that patients should be strongly encouraged to use the devices. In a systemic review and multi-adjusted observational meta-analysis of 137,484 participants from 31 studies, significantly lower risks of cognitive decline were observed with hearing aid users compared with participants with uncorrected hearing loss, with a hazard ratio of 0.81. A further meta-analysis of 11 studies showed that using hearing aids was associated with a 3% improvement in short-term cognitive test scores. And finally, from the British medical journal Open Diabetes Research and Care, we learned that insulin stored at higher temperatures is as effective as refrigerated insulin. The use of basal insulin from pens stored at higher temperatures does not appear to compromise its efficacy, suggesting potentially important implications for use of insulin pens in warmer weather settings. This is particularly important since insulin manufacturers recommend keeping in-use pens at a temperature not exceeding 30 degrees Celsius or 86 degrees Fahrenheit at all times and that insulin stored at temperatures above 30 degrees Celsius should be discarded. In a study that randomized patients to sequential use of refrigerated basal insulin stored for 21 days at 2 to 8 degrees Celsius, followed by insulin stored at 37 degrees Celsius with a two week washout period between phases, mean glucose levels of 40 patients who completed the study were similar between those in the high versus low temperature groups. There were no significant differences in other measures of glucose variability or in the remaining quality of insulin. And that's today's Medical Roundup. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PB Roundup Podcast. For more stories like this, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa flash briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, What's My Flash Briefing? Thanks today to Sean Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.